Welcome back to another episode of Next Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Gail Kusterman, and today I'm speaking with Levi Myers of Central Oregon about raw milk. Welcome, Levi. Hi, Gail. Thanks for having me. So glad you chose this topic. I was wondering if we could start by defining raw milk, and then you could share some background with us on why you chose this ingredient. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, there's a lot to share. Um, and a lot of it that I can't even mention or, you know, where to start. But yeah, so what is raw milk? Um, raw milk is uh, milk that comes directly from a cow or really, you know, any animal. But that's a question for later. But it comes directly from the cow. It's not pasteurized. It's not, and I butcher this word every time, homogenized. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And it's full of fat, and that's it. It comes from the cow, and that's it. It's unprocessed, and it comes from pasture-raised cows. And it's in its full raw form. And that's that's what raw milk is. And it's absolutely delicious. <laughs> I I I have I love the taste of it. When did you first try raw milk? Um. Okay. So I mean, that, like when you weren't an infant. When I wasn't an yeah yeah yeah. Um. So I first tried it when um growing up. Um. We my mom was adamant that we started drinking it because she, um, grew up drinking it as well, and so uh. And I remember the uh, remember the milk. We um, I mean, we didn't really change anything else within our diet except include raw milk. So I would pour it in my cereal, and um, it was very rich and it was very new to me to my taste buds. Because as a kid, you're kind of like anything, anything tastes kind of exotic and new, and you're kind of sensitive. And then um, besides that, um, the thought of you know raw milk, I didn't, it didn't really. I didn't really comprehend it, but it was um, it was good, and that was my first time having it. And um, yeah, and my mom again was adamant that we drunk or would start drinking it because of the health benefits that she received um, while drinking it growing up. And so she wanted that in our childhood as well. So when you first tried it, it was cow's milk. It was cow's milk, yeah. And I haven't really tried any other milk um at least i don't think so maybe i have and i just don't remember but yeah. um i think the other popular one and kind of unpopular i think it's popular because it is unpopular and that's mm -hmm. goat's milk um i haven't tried goat's milk but i've heard that it does require a specific um uh, palate yeah um i don't have you tried it i have i i grew up uh drinking all kinds of different milk like okay and like all kinds of different plant-based mm. milk like liquids um but yeah i i had tried goat milk back in the day and i always liked it um but i it wasn't raw okay but then later i got to try raw goat's milk and i thought that it was a lot better than pasteurized goat milk really yeah it, well it would be um yeah it source, but <laughs> yeah I, I i mean i nothing has stopped me i'm willing to try it 
I just, I don't know. I'm so comfortable with drinking cow's milk. And I mean, I, I probably should go out of my way because the people that I get it from, they do goat's milk and it's sitting there as an option. I do have to kind of, you know, switch over and let them know and pay a little extra for it. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I never have, but you know, yeah. after this talk, I will because I'm adamant about raw milk of any sort. <laughs> but one of the ones on my list is um, raw sheep's milk. I think that would be really, really cheap cheese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, oh my goodness. I haven't even thought of that. Really any mammal can produce, can produce milk and technically we can drink it. And, but yeah, I've heard awesome. of it. <laughs> so um, what do you typically like to do with your raw milk? Is there a particular mm -hmm. like recipe you like to use it for? A specific what? Oh, like, is there a certain recipe you would Oh, um, so I guess in terms of what I've done with raw milk or with my raw milk in particular is I've, um, the most I've done is made cream cheese and yogurt from it. Um, to make um, the cream cheese, you literally let the milk rot at room temperature for four days. And you wait for it to curdle. I guess that's the more appropriate word than rot. But technically, you are letting it rot. Um, I think rot just has a bad connotation to it. And yeah. um, then you pour it through the cheesecloth. And then what's and you like literally let it drip for twelve to twenty four hours, right? And then what's left is the whey, which if you were to make cheese, do not throw away the whey. The whey is absolutely healthy and has medicinal purposes so i keep that and then what's left over is the cheese and that's cream cheese and um i like to maybe throw some like a couple tablespoons of maple syrup um when and you can use that like a cream cheese frosting or mm. just as a regular i don't know sweet and cream cheese that you put on toast in the morning or i like to just leave it bland and then spread it on a whole wheat sourdough cracker and sprinkle on salt and tapatio on it and that's really good as a snack and then for the yogurt um you do heat it up over the stove, uh, but you do it very gently and only at a certain high heat because it's important and vital that you don't kill what's in there. Otherwise, you're no better than those huge companies out there that pasteurize the milk. And so um, you do that and then you take the old batch of yogurt or any other good quality yogurt that you can find in the store, add to the batch, let it sit in a warm place for I think 12 hours and then boom, you've got yogurt. So really these processes I've never, um, of like cream cheese and yogurt for me have not been, it's not complicated. Yeah. Know? It's just time. And it's sometimes intimidating for people. You know, when you say, oh, I've made cream cheese before I made yogurt, they're like, wow, what in the world? You've made cream cheese and yogurt? I'm like, trust <laughs> me, it was just time and heat. That's it, you know? It really isn't yeah. that hard. <laughs> Maybe we could get you to share the recipes and I could add them to the show notes for people who want to try them. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'd be more than happy to. Yeah, it really, again, it's not hard. It's just time. And because of that, I would understand not everybody can do it. And that's why I've only made yogurt and cream cheese for the time being. But, you know, when I do have more time, I, you know, might take the time to, I don't know, do something else with it. But that's the beauty of milk and milk throughout history and different cultures is that in some cultures, it's considered white blood for certain reasons mm. um, because you can make so many products with 
milk with raw milk. Yeah, you see so many benefits, and um, and in a lot of cultures that were able to have milk, whether it be from a cow or a sheep or um, a goat, um, you can it can be used for many purposes and thus feed you know many people and uh, be extremely healthy for you. Yes, um, and I was wondering if we could go over some of the typical concerns around yeah. raw dairy. Mm-hmm. And um, also, could you tell us um, more about the pasteurization process? I guess those are two separate questions. Maybe let's first talk about the um, safety concerns. For the sa- Yeah, the safety concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess in our society, in modern America today, um, I think we are obsessed with pasteurizing everything um and so i guess it would be normal and um to be concerned about raw milk but raw milk in actuality is the safest thing you can drink it's even safe for the immune compromised because um i i think most people think raw milk has bacteria um it has maybe viruses or anything i don't know um, that their um, imagination could come up with or what modern science um, that's funded um, can, I don't know, convince to tell you. But um, really, raw milk is absolutely the safest thing you can drink and the easy, easiest um, digestible, I think, um, I, I don't want to say liquid, but easily digestible milk out there and um, way better than the pasteurized milk. Um, pasteurized milk, all that is, is literally killing all the good things that is found in raw milk um, that is beneficial for you and for the milk itself. Raw milk, um, to help me um, give some information out there uh, and as to why it's so safe, raw milk contains a certain enzyme called lactoperoxidase, um, and it uses H2O2, which is hydrogen peroxide, which is also found in raw milk, to seek out pathogens and destroy them, right? So it's literally like a muscle um, seeking out all the bacteria, all the pathogens found in raw milk, okay? So because there's a reason why a calf, you know, a baby calf and several baby calves all across the world can mm-hmm. drink the milk from the manured um dirty um, yeah. poop covered tit and still mm. survive and still grow up to be a calf and thus feed their future kids. You know, mm. so nature has this all figured out. And, little, yeah, antimicrobial actions yes. built into the milk. Right, exactly. And fat itself, I, um, I believe, contains antimicrobial properties as well. And so that is also included within the mix. And I think not only people are, if, if people are, um, love the idea of raw milk, they still concern even for the immune compromised. Mm-hmm. Even the immune compromised, it's one of the safest and greatest um, for them to drink because um, when a kid, a human I'm talking about, um, weans off their mother's milk, it's good idea to, from what I've read, obviously, uh, to uh, feed them raw milk, um, to have them keep drinking raw milk because raw milk is um, the most closest to human blood other than the red blood cells. And it's the foundation of a good immune system. And I, that is why my mother was so adamant 
for us drinking it as kids because when she drank it growing up, she hardly got sick. I believe she didn't get sick for like a couple years, um, even by a simple cold or flu because of the immune system, because of the properties of raw milk. So what is the, um, what do you recommend if somebody is new to the idea of drinking raw milk? Like how would they find it? How would they find it? Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge proponent and I love, and I, I know you've heard of it, Nourishing Traditions. That's yeah. How, yeah. That's how I found uh, my dairy or um, the, um, there's many, honestly, there's many options out there. So Do you use and, their raw milk finder, like their locator? Yeah. Yeah. So it's oh, www.realmilk.com. Yeah. Although you don't have to put the www dot. We're not in 2001. So you can just put realmilk.com and okay. they'll pop up and you just put your location and you will be able to see all the, um, all the, um, I guess, dairies or farms around you that sell and offer raw milk. And um, it's really cool and it's very convenient and I love it. And if you're concerned, if you're still concerned, obviously um, pick and choose your research. I love Nourishing Traditions and the Weston A. Price Foundation website and all of their information that they do have on raw milk and the absolute safeties and benefits from it. But um, also the, um, uh, I forgot where I was going (laughs) with that, but, um, and oh, I remember now. And when you go to these farms, the farms, um, the people that own these farms are more than happy to give you a tour, more than happy to show the cow's life, what they eat, the um, the farm itself. And of course, the farm's going to be a little dirty. A farm's a farm, you know, yeah. but they um, if the cow has lived a good life, has eaten good quality food, um, everything else is safe. And so that's what I really care about when I do visit a farm. Uh, when I visited my farm was the life of the cows and what they're eating, um, because then I knew um, that what they ate would affect the uh, quality and the proponents of um, what's found in raw milk. Yes. And so, yeah, like the touring option, I got to do that in Squim when I was visiting my parents and okay. the dairy there that lets you go like, you know, make yeah. eye contact with the cows and mm-hmm. you like check it out and see what they're eating and yeah and um, you'd be more than happy to do that because it's hard work and of course they want to sh- you know they want to show their you know what they do and what they're proud of yeah it's i mean it's definitely uh, a passion project for many mm-hmm. so um could you talk to us about the practice of pasteurization and when that became common for milk to be pasteurized? Right. So, um, oh my goodness, at least in America, I think it started um, in urban New York um, a while back, obviously, when New York was uh, booming. Um, And uh, I think New York is probably one of the examples uh, in terms of pasteurization that probably maybe started earlier than America. I'm not quite sure. But... um, what I learned was that in um, the urban of New York, it was, um, they would, you know, they would sell, they would sell raw milk, but as things became busier, as, um, you know, capitalism was growing and, um, you know, raw milk was um, becoming more expensive um, to buy. And the people noticed that. 
And so the um, a certain guy, I forgot his name, but he was a, a guy who was passionate about the food industry in America. And so he found out a way to um, possibly make um, raw milk uh, cheaper and um, safer. Um, and the reason I say safer is because people were getting sick from the milk that they were drinking if they could get it the raw milk then. Oh. That was because... That was because of the poor practices they had back then. I mean, think of urban New York. I mean, you know, New York today was pretty crowded, right? So to have dairy farms there, and for some reason, the dairy farms would be right next to um, breweries. And so the breweries, the byproduct of making beer, they would give that um, the leftover product of corn or whatever to the cows. So it was very poor quality feed. Um, cows should be eating grass. And if they do eat a grain, it should be a good quality organic non-GMO grain. But that's what they would be feeding them most of the time. So these cows would be heavy, sick, um, mm. crowded. Um, mm. And so that feed would produce not so good milk. And that milk would sour a lot quicker and would make people sick. And then with all these crowd, this, this, uh, all this, all these cows crammed together, you know, then all the poop and all the stench, like it was getting to become too much. And so this guy, uh, I think his last name was Willie, uh, he um, found out ways to, you know, mass produce milk and make it cheaper. And I, I don't remember the formula, but I think then it was like a couple cups of milk with uh, a couple more cups of warm water to dilute it. And then they oh. would, yeah, and then they would bleach, not bleach it, but they would dye it with either chalk or some other property or substance um, to give it this, you know, obviously white look. Because if you dilute milk with water, it looks kind oh, of opaque. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then for those expecting cream on top, um, which with raw milk, if anybody doesn't know, um, it comes separated you know, as yeah. it should. And so the cream on top, um, if, for those expecting for cream on top, they would dye it with, I think, um, I think pork brains or some like very pureed brains of some sort of animal, giving it just a tint. A little yellow. yellow. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And so then um, they were selling that. And then from that, from there on, I think we got kind of carried off into what is, um, well, I think um, homogenization homogi uh, came a lot uh, a little later, okay. and um, and now we've got you know pasteurized everything. It's kind of surprising because we have pasteurized orange juice too, and I just found that out. And pasteurized apple juice, and we're obsessed with pasteurizing everything. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of where it started. Okay, so um pasteurization started as more of an effort to help milk be shelf stable so that it could be scalable mm -hmm. and um, withstand circulation and and like all the shipping and all of that um and the environment but, back then so okay um so then homogenization what was the motivation for milk to be i mean was it just like oh it'll be more convenient because you don't have to shake it up or like what what is the motivation behind having it all one texture you know i really i really don't know other than that 
I think as we got more comfortable with pasteurization, um, I think it was more like, I don't want to say more convenient to just not shake it up, but it probably looked better because here in America, okay. we're obsessed with the way things look in terms of our veggies and um, in terms of, you know, produce, meats. And I mean, they dyed milk for a reason with chalk. So I'm sure that um, it was uh, cheaper or somehow looked better just to have all one white color, which is yeah. so true because when you buy milk from the store, it is oddly really white. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they dye it with chalk anymore, but I do believe that something does happen. And there's many other different um, companies out there, you know, who sell pasteurized milk, obviously. Yeah, I think that the yellow color that comes from grass-fed sources is the beta carotene mm -hmm. um, yeah. in the dairy. Yes, yes. The and transferred well, diet right and that's the that's the cream on top and then the the milk part the actual milk part has a slight blue tint to it a very slight blue tint to it yeah. and so um for those of you it's kind of mind-blowing when i first learned as a kid like oh it's whole milk it becomes whole milk when you shake it when you mix the cream on top with the actual milk part that's whole milk and then you skim off the the fat and that skim milk um but yeah yeah it is i think be carotene but anyway just thought i'd share that because it's i don't know <laughs> i like learning the history behind some of the things that we kind of take for granted one more just one more little note and this one is more exciting in my opinion so we are thrilled to announce our new sponsor wild coast seafoods founded by my very cool older brother who was on the episode uh in september on here about sockeye salmon very good time. Fun was had by all. Um, so Wild Coast Seafood specializes in small batch seafood production, allowing them to preserve the highest quality available. Um, it's, it's Alaskan seafood, which I don't think I mentioned yet. Their current offering is wild Pacific cod harvested in April and shrimp harvested in May. This seafood is available currently in the Boise area, but they're gonna expand so stay tuned for more information check them out at wildcoastseafoods.fish not .com .fish a link is in the show notes it's interesting to think that a lot of the products that we're used to um were designed to be good looking you know and shelf stable yes. and so yes. a lot of the things that we think are important Mm -hmm. like preparation techniques mm -hmm. and whatnot is maybe more um, to facilitate shelf stability versus to facilitate how best to introduce it to the body. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? I think so. I think I follow along what you're saying, but yeah, we are obsessed with, yeah, the way, the way things look that so that when we do get out of our ways to go to seek out you know, healthy options like raw milk. And when we first see it, we're like, what in the world? Like it, you, like we've come so far and not a good way. <laughs> we've gone so backwards, you know, I, you know, I think that's one of the disadvantages of first world countries um, is that we are um, kind of obsessed with um, things like that. Like you were talking about is pasteurization or making things look good to the eye or appealing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes when it actually um, enters the digestive system, it's no longer really a good match from a. Oh, that that is. Yeah. Because with pasteurization, that has caused for so many people these days to become sick, to have ADHD and to have lactose intolerant, um, which is the most common one and many other um, illnesses or diseases of that sort. It's because of pasteurization. And we tend to blame milk for that all in general, you know, which is so sad because milk had this kind of like wholesome and purity to it, you know, and I believe it still does. And um, I, and the milk that you get from the store, it, it, it causes all that because when they boil it, granted, if you were just to get raw milk from these big farms, I don't, I think it still wouldn't be the best, but uh, with it pasteurized as well, all you're getting back and all that you're buying and all that you're ingesting is just, uh, I mean, pure sugar, you know, is the lactose because that's the only thing, one of the only things that they doesn't really burn off and then they fortify it with all these synthetic minerals or vitamins. And um, that's not how our bodies are supposed to um, and just something like that. And it's caused lactose, you know, intolerance and all these illnesses. And when really raw milk is um, people with lactose, I know several people who are um, lactose intolerant and they can handle a glass of raw milk. It's kind of the same idea with um, gluten, you know, gluten intolerant people, celiac um, people, um, those kind of people can actually handle a really good quality sourdough. You know, so it's kind of the same thing with um, milk in this particular situation. That's very interesting. So, yeah, I guess it requires a little um, homework, like as far as sourcing it and then also um, learning how to manage it when you get at home and mm-hmm. then how best to prepare it and reintroduce it. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. I find, you know, I think raw milk is definitely a lot more um, uh easier to deal with. One thing that I find very interesting is that when I make my cream cheese and let it rot at room temperature, you know, when I said that first, you know, most people might think your house must stink. (laughs) There must be flies or gnats. Well, there isn't actually. You actually have to put your nose in the bowl to actually smell the raw milk smell. Whereas if you were to buy milk from the store, let it sit in the fridge and it rots, it stinks up the whole fridge. It stinks up the whole house. You know, you pour it down this drain, it literally unleashes this stench of <laughs> craziness. It's insane. But with raw milk, it doesn't do that when it rots at room temperature because it already has all those protective enzymes and vitamins and all those other things that are in there um, that kind of compensate. And with, you know, with milk from the store, all it is is boiled, fortified sugar, you know, that's dyed. <laughs> I would really yeah. like to to make cream cheese that sounds so good it is really good it's it's amazing it's definitely a new taste and that's the thing you know it's it kind of has um a very sour taste as cream cheese have (laughs) you know we're so used to even i was you know we're so used to you know store-bought which is it's that's fine you know that's kind of we, we couldn't really help with that. And, um, but we, yeah, we're so used to the taste of, um, you know, certain brands out there and cream cheeses and that are kind of like a light sour taste with strawberry swirl and, or garlic, whatever, which is, you know, okay. But 
real cream cheese is definitely a lot more sour, but in the best way possible. And it's so tangy and you get a lot more out of it and so much better for you because of the fat, um, soluble um, vitamins and yeah, many other things. I, I really enjoy it. I've been getting raw milk here um, from a local dairy and I recently got to try their raw Greek yogurt. Oh, how was, was that? Okay. It was very good. It was definitely a little tangier than it's new. the Greek yogurt that I'm used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it was very enjoyable, and I mixed honey into it, and yeah. it was awesome. Um, It's definitely not as thick. Like, I think that it would be oh, yeah. drain it and make, like, a um, – I don't know how to say it, but it's spelled S-K-Y-R. S-K-Y-R. I think it's, like, the Scandinavian – technique for making like a thick yogurt um mm. i think it's just strained yogurt and so it has less moisture in it okay wow it's really good i've i found it in a couple stores but i thought it would be fun to get the raw greek yogurt yeah the real stuff i know i just um from one of the farms here um they sell raw milk and they also make oh my gosh raw butter so the butter mm-hmm. is literally has a smell to it as it should and it's bright orange yellow you know as it should because that suggests it's nutritional uh content um and um i they make cheeses raw milk cheeses of all sorts the breeze absolutely delicious raw milk ice cream buttermilk um all the things yogurts of course um sour cream cottage cheese it's insane the amount of work they do but i am so happy uh, that they do it because it is so convenient and um, honestly i think more people should be doing this sort of stuff and consuming it if they like it and like you said it's kind of like a it's a definitely a new turning point because our taste buds are so used to what we're eat or what we can find in the store so to adjust definitely takes some time but you know start with a glass of raw milk and yeah. that's do it and you'll learn to love it and connect with it <laughs> yeah, the raw milk is definitely a more mild taste than just you know diving right into the raw um yogurt yeah. or oh. something like that but yeah. um so do you know ways to keep it from going bad quickly? Like, do you have any tricks for, say, someone were to go get a gallon of raw milk? Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found? Like, does it keep longer? Does it go bad more quickly? Do you have thoughts on this? Uh, well, one way to keep it longer is by um, doing what the big companies do which is to pasteurize and add all sorts of stuff to it so mm-hmm. it is a natural product it's raw milk so yeah, yeah it's you just need to use it you just need to use it, it. but the thing is if okay. it's bad you can make something out of it yeah you can definitely do something out of it. you know that's the thing you can make cream cheese you can make yogurt it's not a bad thing if your raw milk has gone bad there's a reason why we human civilization has come across yogurts and cheeses because one day yeah. the milk went bad yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, what I found is that my a gallon of milk lasts me a week, maybe a little longer. And it's perfect. I think that's a good sign of good raw milk. Um, there are probably some farms out there that do sell raw milk, but it's not good quality and it probably goes bad a lot quicker. And if it does, I think that definitely is a sign. But in general, 
yeah, it's it's a natural product. You know, it will go bad, um, but with how mm -hmm. delicious it tastes, it you know, I don't imagine it going bad very it, yeah, at right. all. You know, it's it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a glass. It and how it tastes like the difference between pasteurized milk and raw milk to give the best example and kind of get the listener to understand is that pasteurized milk. I mean, yeah, it's for me, I haven't drank it in a long time, so I'm doing my best here, but it's very bland. I remember okay. it very bland to what I'm drinking now. Um, I mean, milk is milk. It's not supposed to taste like raspberries or strawberries, you know, but it tastes bland in such a way that the flavor profile is flat. With mm. raw milk, it's rich and a lot deeper and creamier and more fulfilling, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's more rich. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot more rich. And I think that's a good sign of a good quality raw milk. We've we've become afraid of fat, too, and we're obsessed with skim milk. I don't know why. Uh, well, actually, I do know why, but we won't dive into that. But yeah, so no, it you should be drinking whole milk. You know, there's a reason the fat came with the milk and the milk came with the fat. You know, it's to better assimilate the vitamins in um, what is found in raw milk. Yeah. In fact, I'm drinking a glass of raw milk now. Oh, perfect. Okay. So you're just like totally in the zone. Oh, I'm totally uh, in the zone. <laughs> so um, do you, okay, do you think that there's any cons of raw milk? Like um, it's, it was hard for me to think of one, but have you thought of any? No, I, I don't, you know, I know a, 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 the best unbiased view would be, you know, well, you know, there's a con to that, you know, well, no, it, I, there you're, really isn't no, I don't think about like you're just like all pro yeah I am all pro milk unless you're really lactose intolerant then yeah don't drink it obviously um but give it a try even if you're sensitive to milk give it a try listen to your body um you know right have a food journal um and maybe you will be able to drink some of it just not a crazy amount maybe instead of getting a gallon a week you would get half a gallon a week and you can use it not just drink it but you can use it like we were talking about cheeses recipes um sauces um because of its natural fatty content it makes delicious thick luscious sauces and then you put some raw butter combine that and you got the perfect white sauce for mm. spaghetti or um shrimp or um even for desserts you know you can make a delicious um, you know, tres leches cake with um, the milk and, um, you know, of course, organically made. And yeah, there's there's many things and you can do it. Wow. OK, I'm definitely going to have to get some of these recipes from you. Yeah. Okay, you know what? When I was OK, so I said that I couldn't think of a con, but I think I actually thought of a possible con. OK. OK, which yeah. is that as something gets more popular. And, and oh, it sometimes quality goes down. Yes. And so I wonder if we're going to have issues like with it finding old, good sources. You're right. Result back to the old New York situation of like cows becoming crowded. And then I know, and you know, I thought about that, but honestly, I think we'll be really good about that. I mean, 
we have that phrase that history repeats itself. And these farmers work hard and these farmers usually have the same idea of mindset of good quality and mm -hmm. following a nourishing traditions diet. And so, you know, these, these farmers who have the cows, they, they have these certain beliefs and morals. And if things start to get out of hand um, and the people who buy the milk usually have that same mindset too, you know, the quality, the, the benefits from it. Um, and it is, um, I, I think it'll be, we'll definitely be more careful this time as it got more, as it gets more popular. Um, because with all the, I like to say crunchy people out there, including myself, I'm very crunchy. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it definitely, um, I think with us there, it won't, history won't repeat itself because we will not let that happen again. <laughs> okay. So understanding more of the, um, kind of like the detriments of too much processing yeah. will help us. Yes. We're definitely a community. You know, you're definitely part of a community when you're in a raw milk and when you're buying raw milk, you know, oh. you're part of the herd share. You're, you know, the farmer knows you, you know them. And everybody's responsible for, you know, um, returning the jars or um, mm -hmm. supporting the farmer or, or volunteering on the farm, you know. So it's very wholesome. And with that kind of mindset as the foundation, um, it's kind of a good three, like, government system, for lack of a better word, to try to reverse back and get too carried away and to have that same mistake happen with pasteurization and low-quality milk like we were talking about. Yes. So, yeah. so for now, the best option is probably using a raw milk finder, like the one through Weston A. Price, and yeah. then starting to just develop an understanding of where your milk is coming from. Exactly. Every yeah. That's it, going to be it, the best. Mm -hmm. raw, yeah. Raw, uh, realmilk.com. And it is, yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely good for you. Like I said, it's, it's some cultures out there called it white blood because um it's similar to our blood type other than the red blood cells it um has components of um leukocytes b lipocytes um macrophages neutrophils t lipocytes and immunoglobins I, and antibodies okay uh, a lot of immune system. yeah exactly exactly and <laughs> it is um it's great. And there's a reason why cultures out there prized it and literally held the butter up to the sky <laughs> like a shrine when they <laughs> when it was the season for milk and butter. Um, I'm picturing Lion King. Right. I know. And that's what I picture, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I envision a Lion King, which is a block, a block of like orange butter. Right. <laughs> nothing better. Nothing better. I like to put like half a like four ounce, like two ounces of butter in my oatmeal. It's absolutely delicious. Wow. Yeah. That is fun. That is fun. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else before we wrap up that you want people to think about with raw milk or you want people to know about raw milk? Yeah. And that's a question that I've pondered myself. Like, what would I tell people, you know, cause okay. I encourage this round and round and, you know, there's only so much I can say and do there's really you, you know, there's um, so what I can say is, you know, give it a try, give it a try, get, you know, look, you can, you have all the time in the world. You know, I know doing this kind of like, jumping into raw milk it sounds so 
so detrimental, so so scary. So <laughs> when mm -hmm. really, it, it's it's pure, it's wholesome, and absolutely good for you. And you can talk to the farmer. You can they will have knowledge, like yep. some of the knowledge I shared. They right. can show you the farm. You can do the research, preferably on West Indian Price or re really anywhere that encourages raw milk, or do some sort of unbiased view. Um, look at history. You know, um, of course, I've been drinking it all these years, and um, not only do I, you know, feel good, and um, but I look great too, um, and I think that contributes to you know what you eat and what you consume. So, really, you know, take the time, think about it. Um, and just imagine all the things that you can do with it. I, whenever I have guests over, you know, most people offer a glass of wine or some water. I always say, do you want a glass of raw milk? Okay. And, and people are like, what? Like raw milk? You know, what does that mean? Like raw milk, you know? And I explained to them, this is what it means. And it creates such like a conversation starter and it kind of brings us together and talking about something totally different over a glass of raw milk. And so it just started with a glass of raw milk and maybe your story can just start with a glass of raw milk. Okay, I want your doorbell to just be the mooing of a cow. Like as soon as someone comes to your house, they just ring the doorbell, it moves and then open it, offer. Right, and I open the door wide open. I go, hola, you want some leche? You want some milk? <laughs> I've got plenty of jars of it. You want some cheese, yogurts? And I, yeah, I'll scare them away, but. They'll eventually be coming back once they know how good it tastes. Oh, I like it. That's a good summer plan for energy. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love. I like to have a milk with strawberries or make whipped cream with strawberries. It's, it's such a summery thing. Very much so. This has been very inspiring. I'm definitely gonna try to make cream cheese asap. Awesome. Okay. I'm so glad I encouraged you. I one quick thing. I have a friend from. I have several friends from Russia. And this one girl from Russia, she said that on, she lives kind of in a village and she says that her mom has always grew up, she always grew up with all this raw milk and all these raw milk products that her mom would make. And she said, ever since being here and being here with me, and she went with me to the farm yesterday to pick up raw milk and buy some cheese. She's like, you've made me realize how lucky I am to have raw milk available. And I'm going to start eating with my parents more. I'm going to drink more of the milk and what my mom makes and the, the wow. milk products that she makes from it because, um, yeah. And I that made me so happy. So to hear that from you reminded me of that. And it makes me feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> wow, that's such great feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That is really good to hear. Do you want um, anyone to be able to find you on social media if they're interested in connecting on this topic with you? For sure. Yeah. So my social media is Levi underscore Myers four and Myers is spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Don't you dare spell it M-E-Y-E-R-S. Like okay, someone did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, it's M-Y-E-R-S. And I mean, it's just my personal account. I don't really have anything on there aspiring. It's just personal photos. But okay. if you want to connect with me, if you want to have a glass of raw milk, if you want to try it, yeah. you know, um, before buying it, you know, sure. and I mean, I've got, I would have be glad to get plenty of samples. Or if you want to connect over just nutrition and health overall and develop a new friendship, I'd be more than happy. So at Levi underscore Myers four. Okay. I'll share that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I love this. I, I, 
this has been so much fun to me and I hope it can be a lot of fun, very beneficial and helpful to others as well. I look forward to sharing it. I think it's going to be a real hit. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Gail.